It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Special episode of Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings, our NBA season-long preview. We have Jonathan Von Tobel of VEASAN joining us for a full breakdown, how he uses his model and how he is looking at the NBA landscape in 2023-24. Julian Edlow also has best bets, what he's betting from a season-long perspective, and a look ahead to the first week of the NBA season, which is just one week from today. That's coming up on a reasonable odds presented by DraftKings. Welcome into Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. Brendan Glasheen, your host with Julian Edlow of DK as well. Loaded episode coming up here, Jules. We're doing all things NBA. What's the yep. What's your leadoff thought as it pertains to the association as we build towards opening night, just a week or so away? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting season. The Celtics and Bucks obviously beef up and and make themselves the co-favorites. Will they be able to, you know, dodge the pesky Miami Heat and, um, you know, have talent finally prevail? I think yes. Miami is in their heads, probably in Milwaukee's head more than Boston. Um, but I do think those teams just... Miami lost some pieces too, um, important depth pieces for them. So I, I think this will come down to Boston and Milwaukee in the East and then out West, you know, everybody's kind of counting on the nuggets now, but that was the one time they stayed healthy. They also lost some depth pieces. Uh, and you know, you've got the Suns beefed up the Warriors add Chris Paul, the Lakers now get a full season with that team that did well for them down the stretch there's a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces, and I think it's going to make for a uh, a pretty interesting season. Not to mention, I don't know if we're recording on Tuesday, October 17th. I don't know if you yeah. saw the Wembenyama highlights the other night, but he was ridiculous. It's not just the numbers he put up, it's how, how he did it, and we get to watch that this season. Yeah, I think with, with San Antonio, it's Wemby and then just a bunch of guys. So I know their win total is hovering around 30. I don't know if they're going to yeah. get there uh, with just him. How they guard, like they can probably be a good half court defense, but if they play run and gun, I don't know if they're going to have the horses defensively. But yeah, I think you know the top of the East is fascinating with Milwaukee and Boston. That's going to attract a lot of attention when those teams play each other. I don't think the rest of the East, the other contenders, maybe Miami might be. The, and here I am, like doubting Miami, and that's mm-hmm. going to come back and haunt me next spring. But. They were a game away from being out of the, the playoffs and missing the playoffs because of the play-in, right? But I, I, you can't count them out, I think, later in the year. But from a season total, like win total perspective, can't do they have enough horses with you know Hero back, but can Butler and Adebayo be healthy enough to uh, – Kyle Lowry, whatever you get out of him, can they be healthy to uh, be a formidable top four home court team in the East? I don't think so, but – a lot of weirdness going on with the Sixers, as we know. I think the yep. bottom of the East is getting better, though. Pacers, Hawks, Magic. Deep. And, yeah, I Knicks. I have some bets that will reflect the bottom of the East being deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some bets that I know align with JVT's bets uh, that kind of show maybe Miami descending a little bit in that Southeast uh, division. So I know he's going to touch on that, and I, I'm going to touch on it as, as well. Yeah, and then just quick thought on the West. I think, like you said, a lot of acquisitions by the Lakers midseason, the, uh, the the Dallas Mavericks, Kyrie and Luka, can they get it right? And then also the moves that the Phoenix Suns made in the offseason. And to the Clippers, uh, does Ty Lue finally get full buy-in? From- I can't talk about the Clippers every year. Um, but we will with JVT because I know he is going to take a flyer on them. Um <laughs> Sneak peek, I've read the VEASAN uh, betting guide, and I put out a review of the VEASAN betting guide on uh, DraftKings Network, and we'll touch on that a lot uh, coming up next with JVT. So why don't we uh, just pop right into it? 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Our NBA season preview episode of Unreasonable Odds continues. We welcome in Jonathan Von Tobel of VEASAN. He's joined us in the past, friend of the show. JVT, thanks for stopping by. The Association... Starts up next week. We're recording on a Tuesday, October 17th. What's at the top of the mind as far as what we can find out from VEASAN, your betting model, which we'll dive more into specifically. But uh, what's uh, what's got you excited here about the NBA season? Yeah, uh, you know, I want to make sure you know a lot of people did a lot of great work. Our NBA betting guide is out, so you want to check that thing out. It's awesome previews of all 30 NBA teams. You get the normal stuff, right? Futures bets you want to make, every single thing. But uh, the, the cool thing about the guide, I think, is twofold. One, for each team, you get a sense of what the team is like, maybe some angles to track and follow from a betting standpoint once the season begins, and then some really good features. Uh, Kelly Bidlin, my co-host on Harvard Handicappers, has a good couple of pieces on live betting, on alternate win totals, and how to handle some of those. Uh, we've got some other good features in there too so it's really i think we tried to make it something that even once the nba season starts you can kind of go back to a couple of times at the beginning portion of the year um so that's going to be in there and as far as uh, everything else is concerned you know the the model we built out another model this one's a little bit different it's a player-based model uh right now it's pretty like really rudimentary because i'm still getting the grasp of you know how to allot minutes and, and what you're doing with that regard so it's generally just based on actually one statistic at this point right now. But by the time we get to next week, uh, I'm going to put some more into that thing and get that ready to go. But that's kind of the journey for that one as well, a learning experience as to how to handle player-based models, how to build them out, and what we're going to do going forward. So I can't wait. You know, the NBA season's awesome. Uh, it seems like it was a long and yet short off season at the same time. And really excited to see some of these new teams and iterations of teams and what they're going to look like. So I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. Now, ask me again in three months when we're grinding through this whole thing. But uh, right now, I'm excited. <laughs> Damian Lillard lands on the cover of the VEASAN NBA uh, betting guide and the Bucks and Celtics. We've talked about them before, but we'll use them as a jumping off point. Both co-favorites in the Eastern Conference at plus 180 or developing opinion on these two teams as much changed for you based on what the Bucks look like. Are they a little bit lesser defensively? And for Boston, we still don't know what they might do with their starting lineup. I guess all that really doesn't matter as long as we find out how they're going to finish games, but how they approach game by game with their front court depth being in question. Where are you at on those two teams? Well, I will say, I don't want to end up open a can of worms. The Boston starting lineup thing is really fascinating in that. Should I be looking for Drew Holiday to win six man of the year? Like there, there's like, there's something interesting with the way that, that they're doing that. Yeah. Uh, but I think overall, so for me, when it came to those two, I've got just barely a point difference between the two of them. And uh, in Milwaukee is the higher rated team by just over a point. Uh, and I think that's probably, hey, look, if you have Boston by a point, you got Milwaukee, you got them the same. I think that's pretty much where everybody's at, pretty much where the betting market is at at this point right now, too. So maybe the difference is whoever gets home court. But I like a lot of what Milwaukee did. And I think one of the key things about with Milwaukee, they are going to be lesser defensively at the point of attack. We know what's going on with Damian Lillard as a defender. You know, he's mm -hmm. smart. He's not going to get caught out of a lot of different places. Uh, but he's just not a high-end defender like Drew Holiday. They still have Giannis Antetokounmpo. They still have Brooke Lopez. That back end should be very, very good, and they still should be an above-average defensive unit. So I, I still have faith that this whole thing's going to work, and they still have good size. You know, Bobby Porter's still coming off the bench. I really like a lot of what Milwaukee looks like. So I, I think that they're slightly better than Boston. And I think one of the things, and I, I think I brought this up to you guys when we talked about them last, I'm going to be fascinated to see what Boston looks like throughout the regular season in that you're really, really hoping that Kristaps Porzingis, who has not had a clean bill of health throughout this entire career except for last year, that last year is something that he can build on and continue to be available for a very large portion of the regular season. That's something that's really intriguing. Horford's known to miss a little bit of time as well. So that's kind of the thing that gives me pause from like, hey, betting over a Boston regular season win total or anything like that, because I think there's going to be some limitations there. But everybody's on the court. Everybody's healthy. I mean, this thing looks like seven game series and like just the smallest of margins is going to make the difference between the two. Boston's win total at DK Sportsbook, 55 and a half. Julian, we've talked about this team at length. The holiday thing came up before we started uh, with, with JVT. But uh, I actually think, too, with the Celtics defensively, that uh, Kristaps Porzingis might be an underrated defender 
But yeah. to JVT's point, availability is going to be the key to this whole thing. I mean, Porzingis, wasn't he like a top five defender in the NBA against the pick and roll uh, right. last season? Obviously, with the length, you can get up and, and block the perimeter shot and you can play the rim. Um, it's I, I, J, I'm pretty close to aligned with with JVT on this. The only way that I'll differ and I'll, I'll be a homer here. I think the Celtics are that tiny bit one point better than the Bucks team, but that's not like the craziest thing in in the world what he <laughs> what he said that i connect with though is you know we're talking these two teams full strength seven game series slight edge to boston for me but if milwaukee has the home court because boston's guys don't play as much during the regular season does that advantage disappear we'll find out the celtics have won big games in milwaukee in the postseason before milwaukee's won big games in boston in the postseason, so we'll, we'll see if that winds up mattering. But yeah, it's, it it comes down to health with the Celtics for me. And um, I, you know, if I put on my Celtics hat, I will take the two seed. If you give me health yeah. in May and June, that's what you want. Uh, keeping those those guys healthy long term, and um, you know, the East, like the the year the Celtics won the East and and lost to Golden State in the finals. They were like 25, 30 to one to win the East at points in time in February that year. So that was kind of a long shot coming out of the East, you could argue, at a point in time. Last year, Miami, extreme long shot coming out of the East. I don't think they're th- those type of tickets are going to be out there this year. Um, I think it's going to be chalk. I think whoever wins the Boston-Milwaukee series is going to go to the NBA Finals. Um, and I don't think we're going to get a chance to bet either of those teams at a price much different than it is now. So just a long way of saying, like, if you hit a 25 to one Celtics a couple of years ago, if you hit a 40 to one Miami last year, I, I don't think there's going to be that type of ticket available that wins in the East this year. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And I wanted to add real quick. Sorry, I just because I, I, I like all those points. And I, I think the one the scenario you could paint, Julian, is. Celtics injury issue, like, you know, Porzingis misses a good chunk of time, whatever. Record suffers, like, would they fall to the four seed and fall on the same side of Milwaukee? Right, then, right, and they play early, and then, of course, you get a run to an Eastern Conference Finals from any of the other teams that just get to avoid one of those two teams on their way yeah. up there. I, I think that's the only way you're getting, like you said, one of these runs. And, I, I you know, look, I, I don't want to disparage the, the, the Heat run last year, if you actually look at it, if you take out the Bucks series, they were statistically the same team they were in the regular season from the Knicks series on. And we saw those different discrepancies really play out for them. I, I would agree with you. Like, if, if things play out as we expect, they're one, two, and whatever's going to happen at three, I think it's Cleveland who's probably going to be up there. I'm really a big fan of Cleveland this year, uh, I think. But ultimately, we're probably going to have chalk play out as we expect it to be. And then whatever order, Milwaukee-Boston ends up at top. Yeah, I think Cleveland with the additions of Struess, Niang, they've got some some depth. Uh, and the Cavs, their their front court too. If they stay healthy, they've got they can present some issues. Um, yep. Now, and coming up with with JVT, we'll have more model plays and other uh, futures plays as well. Let's go to the West. Just a general big picture look at the West. Uh, <laughs> a lot of moves that were made prior to the deadline last year by some of these teams: Lakers, uh, the uh, Mavs with Kyrie Irving. Phoenix makes a big splash with Bradley Beal in the offseason. And, and Denver, while they lose some depth, I think Denver is still coming into this year the way they've looked in the preseason. Denver feels kind of San Antonio-like, the, those old San Antonio. Or like They mean business still. They're, I don't I don't sense a drop-off. Uh, um, again, I'm thinking now to they, May and June. Do they mean business? Because their best player doesn't even like playing into June <laughs> and wants to stay uh, at his horse racing track rather than come back and go to training camp. Yeah, I made the joke that when it, when it was camp, it, camp for him is like Mondays for us. Like he was like going into <laughs> camp. He's like, ah, oh, man, I got to go back to this thing. This sucks. That's a fair point. He like, kind of plays it off as a joke, but it, it is real. There's right. something to it. Well, I'm not going to get them in trouble. They won the title last year, so they yeah. still got to the, to the finals and they won the whole thing. But JVT, your outlook of the West, is just generally speaking. So I, I think, and I want to specify, you know, regular season specific here, because I, I have my questions as to how this plays out in the postseason. But I, the more I have looked into this, the more I am like really liking what the Phoenix Suns bring to the table in the Western Conference. I think they are a team that is built to dominate the regular season. You've got a bunch of guys who are elite scorers all in that mid-range area of the floor. 
Uh, I, I think Devin Booker, and we've kind of seen it here in the preseason up to this point, second highest usage rate. He's assisting. He's got their best offensive rating. He's got the best net rating. He's looked really, really good through three games. I think he's going to be their lead guard. I think Beal's actually going to play more, too, than anything else. I think Booker's a legitimate MVP candidate for this team. And if we, you know, he's had, as I've described it, a sturdier bill of health in recent years than Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. Last year missed some time. Uh, but overall, he's been a pretty available guy. And if he's going to be available, and either one or two of you know Devin Booker, or excuse me, uh, Kevin Durant, and or Bradley Beal are going to be available as long as they don't miss time together, I think this team is going to be a regular season win machine. You know, you can get them at plus three forty to win the one seed at, over at DraftKings. Uh, when we're talking about even a win total of fifty one and a half, again, I think they're a team that not only is built for the regular season but wants to win regular season games. They, I think, hit it out of the park given their salary situation. What they need to do in terms of their depth adding Grayson Allen, getting involved in the Portland Trailblazers uh, you know, trade and getting in a Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson, filling in the rest of those guys in the offseason and free agency. I really like a lot of what the Suns did with the hand that they were dealt and the hand they were dealt with, you know, three great offensive players. Yeah. I really like Phoenix quite a bit when it comes to stacking up wins in the regular season. And by you know extension, we're talking about the Denver Nuggets. I think that similar to what we're talking about with Boston in that I said Boston's regular season record might suffer because of availability. I think Denver's regular season record might suffer just because of the unknowns on that bench. You know, right now we have Zeke Najee and Peyton uh, Watson penciled in as primary backups in the front court. Reggie Jackson's your primary guard coming off of the bench. Christian Brown's going to be asked to do way more than what he was asked to do a season prior. And I think you're going to start to see that team take some lumps in and make sure that those guys are ready to go by the time you get to the postseason. Still the best starting five in the NBA, but I just think those factors – lead to a small step back in terms of record. And I'm thinking like two or three seed, you know, because you still have a guy like Jokic. But as far as the West is concerned, uh, I didn't want to, but the more I looked into them, the more I started to really come around on the Suns being a dominant regular season team, I think. What about the playoffs? Are you holding out? That was going to be my Are you, are you slightly reserved? I'll, I'll tease real quick, and I, I do like the, uh, what is it, plus 340 to get the one yeah. seed for the Suns. That's a DraftKings special market. Um right there but i do know through the guide you you do have a ticket on the suns to to win it all at plus 650 right yeah so it's actually over at circuit was offered at like 793 or something some odd so it was like right around eight to one and that was okay. that was the one short shot that i think is worth investing in if you were going to and my questions would be this is and it's really simple you have the best offensive players in the nba there's, there's no question about that in terms of having those three together but are you going to win that math battle? Because it was something that we brought up in the postseason last year, which is if you're a team that is really just focused on scoring from mid-range and you're not special defensively, well, teams are going to then go, okay, well, we're just going to out. If we can't outduel you in terms of offense, we're going to outmath you. We're going to shoot more threes. We're going to make more threes. You're a team that's not going to have a high volume of three-point shooting. Yes, you got those guys in terms of the roster, but we know once it comes to the playoffs, a vast majority of your shot share is going to come from inside of the arc. So are you going to be able to make up that difference that you're going to face in a lot of these series when you're facing a Golden State Warriors, when you're facing a Denver Nuggets? You know, I don't think it comes to fruition if you're taking on a team like the Lakers. I know they got better shooting, but that's, I think, my one point of resistance with Phoenix. You know, I think they're going to be better defensively than we expect them to be, but they're not going to blow anybody out of the water on that end of the floor. But when you get there, are you going to be able to win these series with just offense and an offense based on a form of offense that has not been ruled obsolete, but when you're generating most of your offense in that regard are you going to be able to win a lot of those series and I think that's my big question for them so that's I think the thing that gives me some trepidation into that investment is is that going to ultimately burn me but if you're getting the one seed you should have a pretty easy path to get there even in a deep western conference and you should at least be able to make a deep run to a second round and at the very least the western conference finals hopefully yeah there's their spacing should be fascinating offensively and you look when they move off Aiton the idea is addition by subtraction. They just wanted to get that guy out of there is what mm -hmm. it felt like making the move they did. So that, um, that's my piece on, on the Suns. Like they did a great job from going from, all right, you got these three guys with not much around you to building quite a bit around them. And I think the biggest part for me was just turning Aiton into Nurkic. I think that's right. an upgrade. And then they added a few depth pieces with it that will be huge yeah. for that. Um, but I Grayson think Allen is going to be annoyingly good. For them, too. Allen oh, will yeah. be annoyingly good, just like he was annoyingly good for the Bucks at times. Um, There's Nos my bias kicking in, Jules. Celtics bias. <laughs> Nas, Nas Little um, is, you know, an NBA caliber player that can can eat some minutes for you. 
and gives them something something different. I think so. Yep. Uh, they've got some depth, and I I just think going from Aiton, who was a a minus in the postseason, um, to a tough tested dude like like Nurkic that has played against the Warriors in Western Conference Finals with with Portland, um, that's going to do a ton for for them. He's kind of like their like like your Steven Adams type of guy playing with a bunch of finesse guys around the, mm-hmm. around the perimeter. I, I think he's going to be a great fit. So yeah. JVT mentioned the Suns two ways in terms of to win it all ticket and just to finish straight up first in, in the West. Um, I have two extremely similar bets that tie into that. I just did Suns to win the West are plus three fifty on, on DraftKings. I'm, I'm just going to take them on the West. And then another unique DraftKings market is C uh over under seed so i took under three and a half which means be one two or three three. seed in the west that's minus 140 a little bit of juice i i don't mind doing that i i think you know you're probably right i should probably sprinkle on some of your plus 340 but minus 140 to to land one of those top three seeds with phoenix feels very safe to me yep and it does correlate to. I did bet booker he's my he's my only mvp bet at this point right now 22 to 1 to an mvp Uh, I, I think that he is, given the injury history, I, I think he's going to be more available than the other two. And I do think he, he is, going. I think, going to be their point guard. You know, if you look at everything. Yeah, I agree with you. Right? Like, with the last few years, when Chris Paul would go down, he played point guard. And he was very, very good. And it leads to, so there's two other interesting bets. And two of their, their DraftKings, I haven't seen the second one. His actually, you know, you can go in and bet the, uh, the, uh, the statistics for these players, right? His yep. assist per game prop has actually got bet up at DraftKings from I think about six point two to six point four, six point five, um, and I wouldn't say no to a long. Sh- this is the long shot bet, but it's going to be lead interesting. The league, lead the league in assists. Like I, I'd be really interested to see what that looks like because if he is going to be a better passer, which he has, he's been brilliant as a passer. He is going to be a dude that's going to have the opportunity. I mean, if you watch this last preseason game they played, I think would they just play Portland? He was bringing the ball up almost every single time when they were yep. playing in that game. It was Bradley Beal who was playing off. We know Kevin Durant's going to be playing off. I think he's going to have the ball in his 90 hands. 90-1. to one. Yeah. 90-1, to one, Kevin Booker, to lead the league in assists. I think that's worth a small right. play I, on I, it. I just that, yep. You don't have to throw much on that one. Yep. He, he's going to be a fascinating player. And the other thing that works for you, too, narratively, for, for those who don't remember, two years ago when he was actually healthy and available, he did finish fourth in MVP voting. Last year, he missed too much time, so he wasn't going to be in there. But he's been at the forefront of the conversation. So if I'm right, all of it kind of correlates together. If they're going to win the one seed, if they're going to go over their win total, Booker's going to be in the middle of that mix. And for a guy who has been, quote-unquote, like disrespected, he's going to get a lot of push for MVP if he has the season I think he is. He also kind of gets – he'll get the benefit of the doubt, meaning he's like the one guy that is still there, right? Like Durant – parachutes in they get Bradley Beal to commit it's it's his team you know like that you, you hear that all the time when superstars align you know like when LeBron I know LeBron was the best player in Miami but when LeBron joins Wade it's still D Wade's team like that kind of thing um adds yeah that's up. crazy what, yeah if they saw that they saw the other day in the preseason game he's the only son left from that finals team like that's it's yeah it's that's wild. wild wow I mean they um, used all the guys to get yeah, and Durant and then yeah. built the rest of the team around them pretty much what else does the what else does your model tell us? And then this is your chance too, to weigh in with some win totals that you might like as well in the rest of the association. So I would say too, the model is a little bit separate from my own thoughts still at this point, right? The model is still an experiment as to okay, I want to try to build one and see what this is like, but I'm still doing things my way. I'm not necessarily following everything the model has spit out to me. Um, so having said that, one of the things that really sticks out um, is Sacramento. If we're going to stay in the Western Conference. So we, we look, you know, we do this all the time in the NFL, right? Which is, okay, we have these key signs that we look for for a team that is due for some regression. You know, we have points, you know, the scoring margin for the season, records in close games, all of those things. And I think Sacramento checks a couple of boxes for a team that is due for some regression this year. First of which is they got last year, guys, 73 games for their top eight players in minutes per game. That's insane. Like their top eight guys in terms of minutes all played 73 or more games. That's some injury luck that teams would pray for and I think maybe, you know, shell out some money for, right? Like that's an insane amount of injury luck to have. You can kind of assume that there's going to be some regression in that regard. They had a winning record in, in clutch games. I think they were 23 and 18, somewhere in that range. Uh, games within five points of five minutes left to go. In clutch minutes, they shot just over 50% in clutch minutes. They were insane in those one score games or in those really tight games. So if I'm assuming some natural regression in those three categories, in a conference that I think is much better this year, 
and with teams near the bottom that were below them last year getting better, Oklahoma City, uh, Dallas, you would assume, a full year of Colonel Anthony Towns means the Timberwolves are better. I think that there is a natural fallback here in the standings for the Sacramento Kings. So I think under 44 and a half wins is somewhere to look at when you look at all the categories and think that there's some natural fallback here for Sacramento coming this season. I'm not going to argue with you on Sacramento regression. Um, that That's not something that I'm on. But if you say what was one of the biggest surprises of last year, last season, it was the Kings. Um, so are they going to be able to do it again, you know, without being able to sneak up on people uh, with all the health and, and minutes played they had that you mentioned, uh, be able to replicate that? I, I would guess no. So, yeah, there's no way you can't be looking at the Kings over. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. And wouldn't you guys imagine, too, that their division, I know we'll, we'll, we can weigh in on the in-season tournament, too, that their it's division's just better. Like like you said, Minnesota, Lakers, full off-season with the moves they made last year. You mentioned Phoenix. Is Portland won't be an easy out, I think. I know they're going to have a bunch of new pieces, but well, they're uh, it's very different. Um, no, I would agree with that. I mean, and look, I mean, I, so you guys are throwing your biases out there. I'll throw mine out there. I'm a Clippers fan. And I, you know, the Clippers are, I think if you're going to get a decent season of availability from Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and we don't know if that's going to happen, but God forbid you do. Now all of a sudden you're looking around in that division. You're like, oh my God, Golden State, the two Los Angeles teams, Phoenix, it's a really tough division to be in, to get battered around in and, and to win a bunch of games and to push for 45, 46 games. The Western Conference outside of their division is brutal. And then inside of their division, you could argue there's, you know, there are four NBA finals contenders within that thing. Right. I would agree. What else, what else are you eyeing from a win total perspective? What else does the model spit out to you so the the last one would be and this is just purely this is this is not based in statistic this is based in reading the room so i'm willing to take a loss on this thing i there's there's no way toronto doesn't trade og and and pascal siakam by the trade deadline right i mean pascal siakam of course is on the expiring og and has a player option for less than 20 million dollars so you know he's not going to take that thing so i'm just banking on the fact that toronto's going to read the room look around and go okay we lost red van vliet for nothing in the offseason we have two guys that could turn back a bounty of assets for us that we can flip and then build around um, Scotty Barnes and Grady Dick. By the way, I'm a big Grady Dick fan. I watched him in the summer league like multiple times up close. The dude's awesome. I think he's going to be great. Um, we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. But I dare say they're building around Grady Dick. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but like, you know, I, I, I like the, the young core. And so if you're looking around, it just makes sense to try to get the most back for these guys. And I've seen a lot like John Hollinger wrote a piece uh, about a week ago expressing a lot of surprise about the win total for Toronto, but not once was it mentioned in there. I think what's factored into this win total is that the market does not assume maybe that you're going to get those guys on this roster post-trade deadline. So I think all of those things together, I'm just banking on on these guys. And besides you, you're looking around and going, no, like this makes the most sense. We do have to flip these guys and get something back. And you're looking at a bare bones roster by the time you get to the end of the year. So that's why I bet Toronto under 36 and a half wins. I'm with you on this one. This one is a bet for me. Toronto under 36 and a half wins. Um, they went 41 and 41 last year. But again, you, you like, I think you could justify losing Van Vliet alone. You know, sure. there's a few wins right there. And uh, the pieces, they they have to turn this into a rebuild somehow. And Siakam and OG Anunoby uh, were once those pieces that were going to help them rebuild. Now they're the pieces that they have to move to to get that job done. I'm I'm totally with you there, and uh, you know, I guess I'll leave that that part secondary and just say that I think that the loss of Van Vliet, as well as how much some of these other uh, lesser teams in the East have improved, I think there's enough there to go to go on this, even if they were to keep them uh, keep those players on the roster past the trade deadline. They're going to be sitting out games, things of that nature, down down the stretch. If that were the case, um, you know, the Pacers potentially. Got, the Wizards are the only team that just completely came undone. The Wizards sure. stayed. Pacers arguably got better. The Magic were fantastic down the stretch last year. The Hornets get ball back. The Pistons get guys back. All those teams that were at the bottom of the East are are a little bit better. So I I don't see how Toronto doesn't regress. And then if you do get those trades, then there's kind of the cherry on top that makes things a lot easier. Yep, I would agree with all of those uh, all of those points factoring into the win total there too. We want to quickly finish up with some Hawks, I guess, because I yeah. know that's where 
we we share. I like what the Hawks did too in the offseason. I'm I, I can understand why you guys are going in this direction, but I think they're going John, to be moving on from John Collins. That's like Aiton. That's addition by by subtraction uh, type of deal. Do you agree with that, JVT? Oh yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's just the the right the elephant in the room of every every single day, every single month, every single year going. Ah, Collins is on the trade that but trade block. You know who knows where he's going to go. And one of the things, and it does factor actually into my questions about Utah. There's others. He's been steadily declining as a shooter every single year. He shot under 30% last year from three. Like those are things that did not help this team when he was out there on the floor. So there was this confusion as to, hey, why don't the Hawks want John Collins? He was a, a statistically declining player over the last couple of years for the Hawks, too. So you kind of got it. So I really like that. You go back to last year, from the day Quinn Snyder took over to the end of the regular season, they became the fourth best offense in the NBA in terms of efficiency. They were awesome. And you saw just little changes with what they wanted to do. They went from a middle-of-the-pack offensive rebounding team to one of the top offensive rebounding teams. They went from middle-of-the-pack in terms of uh, rim pressure. Actually, no, they went to the bottom of the league in terms of like rim pressure, right? Frequency of shots to the four feet to at least middle-of-the-pack. You saw changes in what they wanted to do there on offense. And I think now with a full offseason of Quinn Snyder, and implementing what he wants to do with this team. You already saw him at least get them to the point of looking very much better on offense, looking better than the, the Miami freaking Heat, who they should have won that division from last year. Um, right? So when you put all these things together and the Heat not getting any better, and, and in fact getting worse, losing Gabe Vincent and Max Drews, not getting in on any of these mm -hmm. guys, I think that all equates – to taking one more shot here with Atlanta. I bet them last year to win this division and a little bit of a longer price. It's still over two to one. I think that they are – I think it would actually – I'll go kind of strong on this. I think it would be a failure if they don't win the division this year at the very least, right? You don't have to finish in the top six. You just got to win the division because the Heat, I think at the very least, we shouldn't be talking about minus 185 still for them to win this division. Yeah. I think the gap between them and Atlanta is much tighter than the market's telling us. Plus 210 on DraftKings yep. for Atlanta in the division. And I'll mention, you can scroll win totals to, yeah. to wherever you want on DK, which is great. Scroll Atlanta. I know they pop up for you at 42 and a half. Scroll Atlanta to 41 and a half still. It's minus 120. It's still a very affordable price. So I, I don't even think you have to do the 42 and a half that it, that it offers. Scroll it to 41 and a half over at minus 120. Um, the la all I'll, I'll finish this off with is like the last we saw of this Hawks team. They beat the pulp out of Miami in a play-in game who went to the NBA Finals and then pushed the Celtics to a game six yep, in right. the first round. Like, right. that's pretty good. If this team comes back the way that they were playing at the end of last season, they're going to be very good. And they, they've figured out – Clint Capella, speaking of John Collins, Clint Capella was someone else too who was always in the thick of trade rumors. It seems they've figured out how to use him effectively and be efficient, getting whatever it is – six to nine shots a game and he's given them a double double almost every night so it feels like they've quelled the clint capella situation too and they actually kind of need him at this point right in the front court without collins there yep no i completely agree with that that the bench is pretty solid like in terms of depth and what they have and obviously yep. they've added some young pieces over the last couple of years but they really like aj griffin I, i'm you know we talk about guilty pleasures last few years the pistons have been one of my guilty pleasures i'm a big sadiq bay fan and i think he works really well with what they have there too uh yeko kongu obviously so no then they're one of these teams that, i don't know about you guys but i for me last year the year before they've on paper you've looked at this team and gone why haven't they been better Right. Why has a team that has this much talent not at least given us something outside of a fluky run to an Eastern Conference finals two years ago when, you know, the team, one of the teams that they beat just kind of collapsed upon itself in Philadelphia. And I think that this is probably now now that you have a Quinn Snyder led team that's going to maximize this roster. I think you're finally going to start to see what we've been looking for for Atlanta for the last few seasons. I'm going to ask uh, one more question before we get you out of here, JVT. I'm I'm giving a couple of uh, game bets for for opening week on on the second half of the pod. Have you bet an actual game in the NBA yet? No, I haven't actually. That's that's what this week was going to be for. I was going to run the model right. to see what the projections are uh, and look around because one of the things that I've been trying to do is kind of get ready is watching some of the preseason. So like one of the things that I, I'll, I'll clue you in on one of the angles that I wanted to start to play and look at. You know, we talked about Cleveland and I, I like Cleveland a lot. One of the things that J.B. Bickerstaff has really preached throughout the preseason is they want to run a lot more and they want to shoot a lot more threes. And if you look at it, their pace in the preseason it has been in preseason games are always very fast. 
Um, but if they if they actually do what they're doing, their pace in the preseason up to this point would have led the league in pace last year. And they are shooting a lot more threes. In fact, you know, I think they're up to 44 threes per game. You could see an actual effort to at least practice what they've been preaching. Chicago preached the same things, and they're still at the bottom of pace in three-point shooting. Cleveland is not. They're actually doing it. And with Jared Allen actually hurt, uh, that Cleveland matchup, and my, not, my, my name is the, the team they're playing escapes me. But looking to play Cleveland overs early on in the season is going to be an angle that I think worth looking at because they are practicing what they're preaching. They're running a little bit more. They are shooting more threes, and Jared Allen is not available, it looks like, to start the year. And I think all of those things equate to maybe a little bit more of a higher scoring uh, pace and efficiency from Cleveland Cavaliers games and opponents. Wednesday, October 25th, Cavs minus one and a half at the Nets. There you go. No total, no total on the board yet. Yeah. So I'll be waiting to see what that there. total is. Yep. And then they yep. play the Thunder. Their next game. That oh, Friday. and see that one. If they're willing yeah. to run, the Thunder will be more than willing to oblige as well. So that's going to be really interesting to see where the market opens up that total. Jonathan Von Tobel of VEASAN. Check out the full VEASAN NBA betting guide available now. JVT, we appreciate the time, and uh, we'll do this again soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, we close out our NBA season preview here on Reasonable Odds. We are presented by DraftKings. Julian's going to run through his favorite team futures, whether it be a win total, division winner, conference winner, uh, and a look ahead to the first week of the season. So I'm just going to let you dive into some of these from a win total perspective. We did a lot of these with JVT. So if you want more analysis, you can scroll back and and listen. John with uh, Jonathan with some great insight on some of these uh, specific teams that he and Julian are, are in alignment on, but let's start with the Denver Nuggets. You, we hit on the Nuggets and the, and the Suns a little bit previewing the Western Conference with JVT, but why the Nuggets and an under for you? Yeah, and I'll just say real quick before we even give out the plays, for those listening, and I'll put it out on Twitter, this is in place of my NBA Futures Best Bets article. So I will be verbally giving you my NBA Best Bets Futures article on the Unreasonable Odds podcast. If you want the plays, you got to listen this year. It will not be written up. So come here, listen, here's the whole card. I'll tweet the whole thing out once we're like a week into the season and, and it will be seen there. Nuggets, under 53 and a half wins, minus 125, one and a half units. They won 53 last year. We think they're going to be better this year with losing some depth pieces. Um the West getting a little little stronger. The Suns are obviously more of a contender. And this team just played deep into the year for the first time ever. They usually are out a little uh, somewhat early. Now they go all the way into the end of the year. You got guys like Murray, Michael Porter Jr., health concerns year after year. Now they got to play with the shortest rest of their career. You got Jokic, who doesn't like playing that deep into the air. He just says the job is done and goes and races his horses. I, I just don't see the Nuggets winning more games than they did last year. Um, you know, a- after that run, I, I don't think things can go quite as perfectly this time around. Okay. What else you got? You got some teams in the East that you're high on too. And then we'll dive into a Western conference team that you're actually not high on, but those teams in the East that you think can rise up. All right. So we'll go to Eastern conference, uh, overs here and they're both in the same division we talked extensively with jvt go back and listen about the hawks um i just think the way they finished last year beating miami bad pushing the celtics to six games quinn snyder turned this team around and now you get the full training camp off season of it i think they're going to play very well so i scrolled to 41 and a half and did hawks over 41 and a half wins minus 120 one and a half units and then a half unit play on the Hawks to win the division, like we talked about, plus two ten Hawks Southeast Division. Uh, you win over a unit on your on your half unit if they do finish above the Heat there and get that division, which I I think is a real possibility. 
And then I mentioned one of the teams playing better in the East when we talked about the Raptors is the Magic. Magic over 36 and a half wins, minus 120, one unit. Orlando started 5 and 20 last year and then finished the season 29 and 28. They were a 500 team from then on. Uh, We know they came into Boston, won a Friday, Saturday, uh, two-game series here in Boston. (laughs) Seems pretty good. Banchero's got a year under his belt. Uh, You add Anthony Black, a a good guard, high high in the draft. I think Orlando's going in the right direction. They should float around a 500 team, so over 36.5 there for me, one unit. And reiterate why you're down. Also, what I'm gathering by you and JVT is I feel like you're both at some point you, you probably get the best number now, I would imagine, but the Miami Heat just to like miss the playoffs feels like the direction that you're both kind of leaning towards. I don't know if uh, I can say miss the playoffs, but like. Well, they could make the play and again, if you lose in the play and you don't make the playoffs. That's how right. that works. Right. They're, they're going to be fades at times. They're just the regular season doesn't do it for them. I know. They're not a great shooting team. Like they're going to be a good fade in the regular season. And speaking of so, fades in the regular season, let me let me just do the last Eastern Conference team. Please talk so much about it. Raptors under 36 and a half wins, minus 120, one and a half units. We laid it all out. JVT is strong on it because of the trade possibility of their best players. That would be great. That's a cherry on top for me. But losing Van Vliet um, and just, ha- you know, how good some of those other bottom teams in the East are and how good the top of the teams in in the e-star new coach too we haven't really talked about that no nick nurse new coach um, a lot of it's not going to be the same there that that's done in toronto they're going in the wrong direction under 36 and a half wins one and a half units okay and why your last one in the west is an under as well yeah email doka you know obviously improved the celtics a lot his first year but it yeah, speaking time. of fred van vliet he's in houston now Yes, it, it it took time. You'll remember, Glash. We referenced with JVT. The Celtics were 27-1 to 1 to win the East in February, the year that they suddenly became the best team in the East. They yeah. weren't playing well. I hated Udoka as a Celtics fan early on, saying that I, this guy's decisions are ridiculous. So, like, it's gonna. this is going to take some time to, to build here for Houston. Under 31.5 wins for the Rockets at even money. One unit. It's not a huge play or anything. I just don't think they're they're going to get there. This is a we're talking about a, a 22 win team last year, so we need a 10 win improvement from adding Udoka and Van Vliet. I, I don't necessarily see that happening. They got one of the Thompson twins coming in. We'll see what that does for them. I like Jabari Smith. They have young prospects, Jalen Green. I just don't think they have 10 win improvement young. Prospects. And they have Jeff Green. That's another Nuggets depth piece there. Yes. So. Reiterate again also why you like Atlanta in their division uh, over Miami, Orlando. Some of the t- So you're high on some teams in the same division as Atlanta. You mentioned the Hawks win total yeah. over, but you like Atlanta to win the division in the Southeast. I don't think the – I like the Magic. I don't think the Magic are going to ultimately win it. Um, and, you know, the other teams aren't very good. So I, I see it more as just uh, Atlanta over Miami. And, you know, Miami lost the pieces we talked about. They're not a great regular season team in, in general. So that's just kind of an, an added play to a team I really like on the win total in the Hawks. Western Conference. I mean, I don't think you and JVT talked enough about the health of Kevin Durant, but Bradley Beal doesn't miss many games. Um, but you're still, you're okay with playing the Suns. You're high on the Suns to come out of the West and be at minimum a top, a three seed or better. Yeah, so uh, JVT and I gave somehow two bets each on the Suns, and none of them were the same, but they're all extremely tied in. Yes. So mine is going to be one unit on the Suns to win the West. That's plus 350 on DraftKings. Wins you three and a half, obviously. I'm just not going to bet them to win it all because, I, you know, on the other side of that bracket, it's going to be probably a very good Boston-Milwaukee team, and I want to see what that looks like. But I do like them in the West. I'm kind of going against Denver. I don't know if Chris Paul is the answer in in Golden State. Um, the Lakers were good when they found their stride last year, but not great. I, I just think the Suns at their best are the best in the West. So one unit plus 350 Suns win West. And then seed-wise, JVT is going after the one seed. Maybe I'll add some of that. I think they have a good chance to get it, but... Top three seed, Sun seed under three and a half is the way you bet this because that's one, two, and three. Over, under, don't do it. 
Don't flip it. Don't get it the wrong way. Minus 140 on that. I'll lay the 40 cents to win a unit. Um, I, I think that they get a top three seed uh, pretty comfortably. We haven't hit a lot on the in-season tournament, but you do have an angle on this as it pertains to the East in Group C. The Celtics are in Group C with the Nets, Raptors, who you discussed at length, the Bulls, and the Magic. And you like the Magic from a you know a season-long perspective. But in this group, this in-season tournament, which wraps, it begins uh, first week of November. They don't play games on Election Day for obvious reasons there. And they wrap this. I think it's the second week of December. They wrap up this in-season tournament. In I'm fascinated to see how that plays out. But the Celtics are seem like the obvious team of this group and that you're you're high on the Celtics to come out of this group and win that win that in the in-season tournament. Yeah, so I'm not betting anyone to win it. I want to see how it looks. It's going to be kind of weird. It's out in Vegas, the the mm-hmm. finals, which is kind of cool. I'm going to be in Vegas the weekend before. I wish I extended my stay. That would be cool to well, see. Well, you need to work, so. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> um <laughs> so I'm betting the Celtics to win the group. Minus 125 to win the group. One and a half units. I, I'm just, I mean, the Bulls, the Nets got them once last year, the Celtics, that that embarrassing comeback. But the Bulls, the Raptors, and the yep. Nets, I'm not too afraid of. I'm more afraid of the Magic in this group, who I think improved this year and who stuck it to the Celtics last year. That said, I think the Celtics have that in the back of their heads, and if they want to take it to a level that the Magic can't get to, they can take it to a level that the Magic can't get to. Um, so yeah, them to win the group minus one twenty five, one and a half units, and then we'll see what happens from there. But I, mean, I, I think that's a great price on the Celtics within that group. Your only concern, if this were to not go right, would be health, and health is always a thing. Yeah, health would play into this next point, which is if health is an issue at this, which that's a huge concern first and foremost. Like if their health is an issue in November and December, then oh boy. Um, but if it's like a mid health, like like a not a season long health issue, but if they're in a situation where they're like, hey, like let's manage this. Yep. Do they not? Do they do they lose interest in the in season tournament because they want to be ready for the end of the year? I'm curious to see how all teams handle a. Normally, this guy would sit this game, but it's an in season tournament game. Do they play? Do they care? Do they right. not? I don't know. And it will get differing probably in the whole, the whole idea of adding this in season tournament by Adam Silver in the NBA is to make the regular season more impactful. I mean, the guys get a lot of money. They get a lot of money if they win. So they're getting paid to play, not just their contract, but they they have incentive financially to pay uh, to play. So we will find out. Okay. Continue your Celtics love here. You have two, uh, yeah. award- well, not, these aren't award. Well, I guess these are kind of awards uh, under the awards tab on draft. Yeah. Which is the important part. Yes. I stayed away from the Celtics for a while, but we're finishing with a lot of Celtics under the awards tab. You can bet first team rookie, first team NBA, first team, all defense. And there's a couple Celtics on here. I think are worth plays. Jason Tatum plus one first team, all NBA one unit to win one and a half. He's done it in consecutive years, um, and uh, he should be on a wagon this year where I don't think guys are going to be taking away from his production. I think he's still going to be that 30-point-per-game guy, that playmaker with the ball in his hands. Um, The way that this is constructed, like the other forward, if healthy, should be Giannis in the East. And the other front court player, uh, or sorry, it's not by East, but all first team NBA. The other forward in the NBA should be Giannis. Then you would get at center one of Embiid or Jokic generally. Probably Jokic, but maybe Embiid. And then a couple of guards. But the forwards, if you go down, it's like it's got to be Durant, who has health concern, and Beal and Booker are going to take Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, is he going to be healthy? LeBron, is he going to put it? together for a season, the type of season that Giannis and Tatum are going to be having. I don't think so. If you want to bet Giannis. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Um, yeah, I hear yeah, you. I'm not. Yeah, I can't trust that. So if you look down at the other forwards, like. And what does Tatum do? Tatum plays every game. He had that interview where he's like Monday night in Charlotte. I got to play because there's kids there wearing my shoes to see me. Tatum mm-hmm. plays, which I love. So like you're getting a guy that plays every game. He's on one of the best teams. He's putting up 30 a game. 
and all the guys chasing him for forward spots are are aging. I, I just Tatum's going to be a first team team guy for as long as he's healthy. Drew Holiday, new addition. There's an angle you like on him. Holiday, first team all defense, plus four fifty, pretty good number. Half a unit that wins us two point two five units if we get it. Holiday's alternated years on and off of first team. I think he made first team last year, but he, like he's either first team or second team every year. You got him replacing Smart, who won Defensive Player of the Year and was first team two years ago. White got second team uh, in this role last year. Yep. I think I think it's a good spot for Drew Holiday to just step into that that role and be that guy who's oh he's the Celtics' best defender. He's the heart and soul. Da da da. Like we've seen this too much lately. I, I think I was expecting more of like a plus two fifty on this than a plus four fifty. So I, I feel like I got to take that. First team last year and in 2021 when they won the finals. Yeah, but it's alternated every other year, to your point. 2022, know, like all second. Year where I'm supposed to lose and he gets second team, but I'm going to take the switching teams narrative, stepping into that Celtics role and say he gets it again. Okay, so before we go, you actually do have a few you want to give out for opening week. Uh, actual Actual NBA games, like regular season games that start up next week. Real NBA games. There's a few I'm interested in. I'll have an article on this, so I won't you know, give them out with units and whatnot, but Hawks money line, JV, we've, we've hyped up the Hawks a lot. They're on the road at the Hornets who actually are the lowest team in JVT's power ratings. If you look on those on the VEASAN betting guide, Hawks, just cheap price there. 125 money line Celtics. You want to bet them when they're healthy. You want to bet them when they're motivated. They open up on the road at New York. Porzingis back at MSG fully loaded let's show what we got on opening night and i'm not too high on the knicks so getting a 135 on the celtics money line i like that and the other one i haven't bet that jumps out to me and i was initially on the other side of this one is sun's money line at golden state i was initially on golden state then draymond rolls the ankle then the suns make the eight and nurkic swap and all the role players and i buy off of that now i'm kind of liking the suns durant revenge spot back in golden state Similar to the Celtics, and like you're fully loaded opening night. Let's go out and beat a really good team that's done it before. I, I would like that one uh, as well. But I'll have an article on all the plays for for opening week for for the games. But go back. There's the futures card. That is my verbal article. Okay, very good. More content from Julian uh, over at DK Nation. Uh, DraftKings.DKNation.com as the season uh, gets underway. That is our NBA season preview here on Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. Thanks to Jonathan Von Tobel of VEASAN for stopping by. His betting guide is available now. Strongly encourage you to check that out, even if you're just a, a general NBA fan. Really good stuff that can carry weight into the year, uh, even though the... Um, most of those things, a lot of things will change once the season starts. For Julian Edlow, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for listening, everybody. Join us again. We will have our normal college football NFL pod uh, here on Unreasonable Odds later in the week. Thanks for stopping by. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.